Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. It's <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. We are back. I know a lot of you are kind of surprised because it looked like it was curtains for us on our last podcast. I I know that there were scores of people who were completely fooled. Yes. By it because it wasn't obvious during the setup that that's where it was going. That it was an April Fool's yeah, it podcast, just, it was. but uh, yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was uh, well worth missing if you did miss that one. <laughs> uh, but we just uh, it was your idea, I think. To... No, it wasn't. You do this every time. It no, was it was, Dave, it was Dave Taver's oh, idea. Dave, nah, yeah, Dave Taver's. You are Dave Taver's. So <laughs> there is no real Dave He Tavers. and I were talking about the podcast website one night, and he said, wouldn't it be funny for an April Fool's episode if you guys got fired and, and from would your it, own podcast? And would podcast? it be funny? It was funny, and it Chris was? Cas- Cashman did a great he, job. He did. Uh, Chris, Ca- Chris, my son, was the... Uh, was the guy, I forget what his name was, but he, he's the guy Mr. who... We called him Mr. Asswater, but that wasn't his name. No, it was something close to that, <laughs> Chesswater or something. But, uh, so that was that was just a bit of fun yeah. we, we had. we The reason we did it is because we used to, and not that it's original in the least, but we used to right. do these stunts when we had a radio show back in the, in the days when people had radio shows. And, <laughs> back when uh, we had a radio show. And we, uh, and so we would, we would set these bits up. They, they weren't spectacular but uh we would uh we would do that you could count on it every april 1st and would you could count on people not expecting it every mm-hmm. april 1st as That's well right. fools rushing where angels fear to tread who is the uh the radio guy uh, that uh, whose name has just gone completely out of my head he, he's a guy that does these characters uh, as part of his talk show. That's right. Phil and Hendry. That's Phil right. Phil Hendry. Mm-hmm. And, and he continues to bring on these preposterous characters. Uh, with, and he does them all. Without, yeah, and he's doing the voices uh, as phone callers in, in outrageous premises. And I think, well, after you're on the air for a period of time, people are going to be hip to the jive and they're not going to fall for it anymore. He continues to get suckers <laughs> all the time because people, nobody listens that closely or they, uh, you always have new listeners coming in, thanks to folks like you who recommend mm-hmm. them. Uh, for example, here he is uh, interviewing a guy who's actually Phil Hendry himself, uh, holding a phone up to his mouth. He's interviewing a guy who says, here's a way we could keep child predators away from kids. Let's make the kids smell really bad. You know, and I got into a lot of trouble for this. You're not going to tell, you're not going to say what I think you're going to say. What I'm trying to say, not, you don't send a child to school smelling like that. But walking down the street when a child smells like a dead body, 
no predator on Earth is going to let a kid into his car smelling like that. I don't even know whether or not that is a possible... Th I don't even know if that's a sane thought, to be honest with you. I'm telling you, this is prevention, sir. Although he doesn't do it as much as he used to, because yeah. he's, he unfortunately has gone down the path of taking himself uh, too seriously, in my opinion. In fact, I don't even know if he's on in the market anymore, but he takes on serious issues and tries to be, you know, have more gravitas. And, and when I'm happier with him just being funny. Yeah. Um, but so, for whatever that's worth. So how you doing? It's been a few weeks. I know you were traveling, mm -hmm. as you always do. You're a That's traveler. That's right. I'm a traveler. A fellow traveler. Yeah, yeah. I'm home for a bit. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have you in my home, which I didn't sweep. Don't look at the floors, by the way, and don't look up. See, that eliminates two Don't directions look up right and don't there. look down. But it's nice to have you here. Your house always doing... looks fine, spick and span. No. Well, I... span at least. No, I am terrible. I... I get the broom out, and Quince looks at it like, well, what is that? Well, you get the broom out, like I said, you travel a lot, so. <laughs> no, it, it, so it looks it's... great. It's a, you have you made such a lovely place for yourself here. Thanks. Quince is your little cocker. Yep, he's uh, very quiet. He's yeah. just sitting here. And I loved all your dogs, um, including, of course, the one you lost recently. But they all had a common denominator. <laughs> if you came to the door, <laughs> knocked on the door, it was chaos in here. The barking... Just and it, it wouldn't stop for a long time. It was ear splitting too. Yeah. It wasn't just a nice little warning woof. It was it was piercing. Yeah. To it was like a siren. Yeah, it really was. So <laughs> it was surprising to come to the door, knock on your front door, and Quince doesn't bark. He just comes and starts licking, and he's friendly. Yeah. And he just looks at, like amiable. He goes, "Who? What's that?" But he doesn't say anything. Yeah. 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 He doesn't say anything. Yeah. It's lovely to have a quiet. It's lovely either. to have a quiet dog. I miss Daisy terribly, but she had a very, very loud bark. We know a person, and you're gonna go crazy when you hear this because, well, we did too. Is it gonna make me mad? Yeah, it'll make oh, you mad. Oh no! Don't tell me then. Well, why not? Did it hurt the dog? Well, then don't tell me. Let me let me well, tell how you. How do you what not know this about they me? They found they found that their dog was annoying. It barked a lot and barked, barked. So they did that little. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, they, they, they I, cut I, your voice so the dog's mouth opens, but it, there, no noise comes out. They call it debarking. It's yeah. a debarking surgery. I know they do it to trees too. They should do it to some politicians. I agree too. with that. Yeah, but I mean, I just would. I can't. I would never do that to. No. Well, of course, you know, when you're a naive new pet owner, maybe you think that's a good idea. Yeah, but because we used to declaw our cats, for example. Yeah. And, and we would never do that now. Yeah. Because they're basically, it'd be like pulling your fingernails out. It don't, okay. Yeah. So so you want to move on and talk well, about... Well, I mean, I'm just telling you that the reason I brought it up is because those people had to create a scenario in which they had a silent dog, and you've just been lucky enough to I have, have one. I have a silent dog. Without anybody suffering, yeah. so that's good. That's yeah. a good thing. It is good. Yeah. Hey, what's going on with your chair? Is my is that chair rocking? Well, the, the reason the chair's rocking is because the, li the, oh. the, the seat on this chair comes off. <laughs> it's did, a trick seat. Did you know that? <laughs> you know, somebody mentioned that to me, that the seat is not secured to yes. the chair frame, yeah. so yeah. be careful. I don't I'm want, happy. I don't want you to go head over tea kettle or whatever no. that saying is. No. You see him, Pappy, I won't let a rocking chair get you. Judgment day, share son, I'm chained, chained to my rocking chair. I have a, I collect all, all these silly video outtakes and foibles and, and well, you know, it's like the, what the, the show America's Funniest Videos is predicated on, except I don't collect one 
ones with people getting hit in the crotch so much. Yeah, because that's done way too much. That's the main. That's the mainstay. If you do get a video with somebody getting hit, might as well send it there. They're gonna pay. They're, they'll, right. they'll use it. Uh, but um, there, uh, there was a talk show when I was at King TV, and the hell these. It was perfect, too, because it was all these self-important people pontificating on some issue of some kind. And the most uh, the most pompous of them all was kind of rocking back in his chair and said, Well, it seems to me that the downfall of uh, our society, and right on that cue, his chair leg broke, and down he went to the floor. And it was on live TV, and it was just great. I yeah. love stuff like that. Serves him right. Yeah. It wouldn't be as funny on radio, arguably. Um, but I've always loved, uh, and we used to do this all the time on a radio show. We would, I, I loved the, uh, aspects of radio that kind of fell outside what were supposed to be the conventions of the way you're supposed to do radio. Yeah. And the things you're supposed to do in radio are manifold, but they include things like, um, always get the time and temperature frequently. Um, and when you're interviewing somebody... And and nobody does this anymore, which I think is a good rule. Assume that there are people just beginning to listen to the thing. So remind people who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. I hear entire interviews where I'm I'm interested, but who are they talking to? Yeah, I recognize the guy's voice. Who is it? Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, "Well, thank you very much for being with us." When we come back, and they don't tell you who you were just talking to, yeah, drives me nuts. Yeah, so that's a good rule in radio. Right. Constantly reminded. In case you're just joining us, we're talking to Lisa Foster right now. That's right, with Pat Cashman. And uh, that kind of thing. Right. And the call letters. Say the call letters as many times as yeah. you can possibly fit them in. And, and and the big thing now is that you want to tease what's coming up next, which I that's just not hated. A, that's not a big thing now. That's always been a thing. I know, but that's what I'm saying. That was always one of the rules of radio. And right. I, but now you're almost held in a heroic stature by your program director if you're good at teasing. Right. Which I thought, well, so what? What kind of, What's the program like? That should be what you're focused You're the program director, not the tease director. But it's so stupid. And it's about retaining audience and all that stuff. And I get all of that. That's but, right. Keep them through the commercial but set. But one, one of the big rules is that you do not... The enemy of radio is dead air. You cannot have dead air like this. If a program director, bad. if a program director heard that, they would absolutely go berserk. Right, all the warning lights would go off. The phones would be ringing. Yeah, you'd be yeah. called into the office. Now, yeah. here's an interesting idea about that. I'll get back to where I was going with this in a minute. But I read a re, uh, an article recently. Years when Lisa and I were doing radio, there is a service, a rating service called Arbitron, and they. Uh, the basis of how numbers were generated were on human beings listening to the radio. They would assign a certain number of people. I never, I don't know how many it were, 100, 200 people, mm-hmm. randomly, people who wanted to participate. And they and, were supposed to then keep diaries right. and remember exactly what? how long, what day, what times, what the call letters were, who the people were, and write it down with a pencil in yeah. a booklet. Right. Now the way it in. the way it was supposed to happen is that even as you were listening to said program or station, you were writing that down in your diary. But human nature being what it is, nobody would do that. So you'd wait until the deadline, and then you go, "Oh shoot, yeah, I forgot. I, I better fill this out." Let's uh, let's see. See. Uh, I guess Cairo because yeah. I, I can remember those yeah, colors. So right. I'll, I'll just write Cairo everywhere that's right. or whatever it was. And so, 
uh, especially people who were in you know last place or around <laughs> in that neighborhood. They always said that that is not a legitimate rating system. Which it, is what we always it, said. We had to say that. <laughs> I know. And I always did believe but it, But it too. wasn't legitimate. Even if you were in first or last, it wasn't legitimate. In first, you didn't complain because you're like, oh, good. Yeah. I'm that. This can't possibly. I can remember stations and shows going, we were actually quite surprised that we came in first in this demographic. Well, now they have a system that's called, what is it called? PP. The people meter. PPM. People meet. P- people, people. People meter or whatever. But anyway, the idea is that they have these listening devices in rooms, uh, areas, whatever, and they can hear and record the program that you're listening to or that a group of people is listening to. And that, and then that is... Which seems to, to generate or would generate a much higher accuracy rate yes, yes. if it's actually... But what apparently now is the case is that these listening devices, like we just did the dead air thing, if a listening device hears dead air, as would occur typically on let's say like a classical music station where they have just played Bach and then there's a period of time before the announcer comes in because they don't talk over classical music. Yeah, and they're very laid back and And mellow there. They don't rush right in and trying to hit the pose. So there can be just a moment of dead air, but to the uh, gadget that records this stuff, they say, oh, nobody's, nobody's listening to that station. Kaboom, it's gone. It's not. All of a sudden, it doesn't count. Talk radio is the same way. Uh, a lot of talk radio guys uh, use the silent pause as a dramatic device, you know. And yes. the president came on to the television last night. And he had the audacity to say. The United States is doing better. <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, so yeah. they do stuff like that. <clears throat> it's dramatic device or whatever. So. But if that, but if this gadget hears that silence, they you lose your number all wow. of a sudden. So it can be misleading to that. You know, music stations get a bigger number than maybe they deserve because there there's there's no dead air, there's right. no silence periods, yeah. and so it's it's continually uh, being monitored that way. So for whatever it's worth, hey, I'm, I have a... I'm, I'm grasping at any straw I can. <laughs> I have an idea because you used to take great pride in hitting the post, and I remember that you and and in, in, in Bill Schwartz and Gary Hoffman used to, you know, try to get me to, to you can't, well, you can't do it because you're a girl. I was, now, now, so people I was know, always picked on because now, I was now, the only girl. We need to back up. Now, hitting the post is a term, industry term, I guess, for when you're in a record music, you're playing music, you talk up, which some people hate, and I kind of hate, too, as a listener. When you talk over the instrumental part of the first portion of a song so that you end your you end your conversation or your speech exactly at the time that the vocal begins. Right. That's called hitting the post. Right. And, you know, if you have a long intro, like a 23, 24 second intro, you have to really know that song. Mm-hmm. And you have, you give the weather, you give the time, you stall. And it's got to be very t- smooth, yeah. though. You can't be sort of waiting for it. Let me demonstrate. As time goes on. Okay, so that's the example of hitting the I post. know, you're so good at it, and I could never do it. But we would you trick guys you. Would yeah. always, I know, you would trick me. One time, one time I remember we set up a song that had a simple enough intro that you would know, but I edited it so that the intro repeated two or three times. I would go, it's 54 degrees outside, here are the Beatles. Day after day. But then when I would have you try it, 
This is the intro you would get. So nobody could have hit that post. I'm going to see if I can find that clip and put it on our peculiar glasses. I hope you can find it. Because that's yeah. just mean and you're horrible. Day after day. But how about if you could, why don't you try hitting the post like on a, could you do it on a classical song? You were just mentioned that the king jocks don't ever talk over any portion oh, yeah. of music. But I think that'd be kind of fun. Although there's no vocal starts, but you, you could find a but sort of a crescendo. De- there's of, a definitive part of, of well-known classical right. music that everybody knows. Right. So if you could talk. Would I have over- to talk in the classical sort of style? I mean, I couldn't talk like I a top. I don't know. I couldn't be a top 40 DJ. I'd have I to think talk. that'd be even funnier, I'd actually. Have to be, I'd have to do the more low-key <laughs> way, like this. And now here is the music of Georges Bizet. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they don't actually do that. Now they think <laughs> okay, it. it was a dumb idea. So anyway, this is all prelude to me talking about uh, people say, well, so, you know, the kind of stuff you did on the radio, the bitch you did, and the, the silly characters and all of that, uh, where do you get that? Where did that come from? And and I always say, in uh, most people's eyes, uh, you know, brows get wrinkled because they don't know what I'm talking about, that fundamentally... The most influential person when I was growing up was a guy named Stan Freeberg. And he just passed away last week. Yeah. And he was 88 years old. He had a good run, as they say. And he's a local Seattle icon? No, no, no. He was, no, no, no. no. He was not a, a local guy. He was a nationally known figure. I thought he was here. No. That's, Did, that's Wow, okay. That's good to know. I mean, he might like that. Yeah. He, he, Where's he from? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's California sort of basically guy. He had sort of peripatetic career like a lot of radio people. But his thing was that, among other things, he would do song parodies, and uh, which wasn't done much back in the day. This is the day being for him nineteen fifties, mm-hmm. maybe into the sixties. And he so he would take popular songs of the day and do his version of them. He didn't usually change the lyrics, like a like a uh, Weird Al would, for example, today, but he would do the essence of the song, but exaggerate the uh, the performance. Like if it was Elvis, he would do a way over the top Elvis. Right. One. This is one of my favorites. One of the most popular songs of. I don't know. The mid fifties was the Banana Boat song. Do you know it? Oh there yeah, you go. yes. That day was yeah. Harry Belafonte That's right. was the artist. Mm-hmm. Big, big hit song. So, th- this what I like about this this approach to what Freeberg did were one, it's funny, it's it's entertaining. Two, I love the attitude of the characters, and two, it's great. The music's great, and three, it's got kind of a fun ending to it. So it heads in a direction, and there's a punchline ending to it. Uh, this is Freeberg's version of the Banana Boat song. Day-o, day-o, daylight come and me won't go home. Day- wow, man, He's I'll have to ask you not to shout like that. Well, It's uh, like right in my ear, man. Well, it goes with the song. Yeah, you know. but don't holler in my ear, well, man. Well, it's authentic uh, calypso. Yeah, but like shout. I stand next to me, man. Well, the shout go with the bongo drums. Well, not my bongo drums, man. I mean, move away. Well, man. I don't see why. Uh, no, no, no. Stand well, over next to the guitar, man. 
He sent me over here. Yeah, well then sing soft, man. You know, I mean like, wow. Okay. Day. It's too loud, man. Day. That's better. He's a day, 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 oh. Daylight come and me won't go home. Yeah, man. Who work all night and a drink of rum. Daylight come and me won't go home. Stack banana till the morning come. Daylight come and me won't go home. Lift six foot, seven foot, eight foot, punch. Daylight Too loud, man. Too loud. Six foot, seven hold it, foot, man. eight hold it, foot, hold it, man. punch. My ears, my ears, like my ears. No, hold it, man. It's too shrill, man. It's too piercing. Oh, well, I don't see why. No, it's too piercing, man. It's too piercing. Well, I got to do the shout. No, man, it's too piercing. Like I don't dig loud noises. Well, you ruined the whole piercing record. Is what you do. I mean. Yeah, well, tough. I'll take my bongos and go, man, because the whole thing is like bugging me anyhow. Yeah, well, wait a minute. I won't no, shout. I'm no, I'm cutting, man. No. Like I didn't want to make this gig in the first place. No, no, wait a minute. I'd be soft. Yeah. Well, then back off from me, man. It's too piercing. Okay. How's this? Too loud, man. Okay. Too loud, man. I can still hear you. Would you mind leaving the room? Okay. Crazy. Daylight come and me wander home. Daylight come and me want go home. Have beautiful bunch of bright banana. Daylight come and me want go home. Hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight oh, man, don't sing about spiders. I mean, ooh, well, like I don't dig spiders. Well, that's that's how the song goes. He goes, hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight come and me want go Is that it? Can I leave now? Oh, not yet. We got a big finish. Hey. Yeah, man. I locked myself out. Crazy. I come through the window. Daylight come and me won't go home. Cool. And I love the sound effects, too. <laughs> so all of that, the sound of that was just very influential to me. I thought, man, using sound and music to tell a story is really, mm-hmm. really cool. And you think, well, that's kind of obvious. We hear that all the time now. But you didn't before guys like Freeberg were doing this kind of thing. And he, you know, would use a real orchestra and uh, big, time, big time music and production. And he'd hire really good uh, voice artists to supplement his own voices. So was, was that fun. was that all he did, or how did was he uh, a radio guy first, Probably and so. then went into this? Yeah, and he did cartoon voices. Okay, so on, he was a voiceover like talent, like Beanie nice. and Cecil, yeah. and uh, uh, what else? He was in uh, the movie Lady and the Tramp. Oh, good. Okay, Alice in Wonderland. He does some voices, and then. So, so he would. These would come out on the Capitol Record label, and they would be song parodies. And of all of them, the most famous was probably this one. And I'll play the whole thing because it's, it's fun to listen to. 
it there was a very popular show on radio and TV later called Dragnet. Mm-hmm. Remember that show? That's right. Joe Friday and. So he's making fun of the whole delivery, the meter of the voices and the way they would talk with each other. And it would be always very self-important, staccato voices. Yeah. Monotone. They and never had much big, personality. And then big, exactly. And then big music. Right. That <laughs> juxtaposed with that made it really funny. And he's talking, and then, so the premise of this is not a real crime, uh, a real life crime. It's the absurd crime that comes from uh, fairy tales and and uh, and fables. And this was it. It was called St. George and the Dragon Net. The legend you are about to hear is true. Only the needle should be changed to protect the record. This is the countryside. My name is St. George. I'm a knight. Saturday, July 10th, 8.05 p.m. I was working out of the castle on the night watch when a call came in from the chief. A dragon had been devouring maidens. Homicide. My job. Slay him. You call me, chief? Yeah, it's the dragon again. Devouring maidens. The king's daughter maybe next. Mm-hmm. You got a lead? Uh, nothing much to go on. Said you take that forty-five automatic into the lab to have him check on it? Yeah. You were right. I was right? Yeah. It was a gun. 8.22 p.m. I talked to one of the maidens who had almost been devoured. Could I talk to you, ma'am? Who are you? I'm St. George, ma'am. Homicide, ma'am. I want to ask you a few questions, ma'am. I understand you were almost devoured by the ma'am. Is that right, dragon? It was terrible. He breathed fire on me. He banged me already. How can I be sure of that, ma'am? Believe me, I got it straight from the dragon's mouth. 11.45 p.m. I rode over the King's Highway. I saw a man. Stopped to talk to him. Pardon me, sir. Could I talk to you for just a minute, sir? Sure, I don't mind. What do you do for a living? I'm a knave. Didn't they pick you up on a 903 last year for stealing tarts? Yeah. So what, do you want to make a federal case out of it? No, sir. We heard there was a dragon operating in this neighborhood. We just want to know if you've seen him. Sure, I've seen him. Mm-hmm. Could you describe him for me? What's to describe? You see one dragon, you've seen them all. Would you try and remember, sir, just for the record? We just want to get the facts, sir. Well, he was, you know, he had orange polka dots. Yes, sir. Purple feet, breathing fire and smoke. Mm-hmm. And one big bloodshot eye right in the middle of his forehead and, uh, like that. Notice anything unusual about him? No, he's just a run-the-mill dragon, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, you can go now. Hey, by the way, how are you going to catch him? I thought you'd never ask. A dragon net. 3.05 p.m. I was riding back into the courtyard to make my report to the lab. Then it happened. It was a dragon. Hey, I'm the fire-breathing dragon. You must be St. George, right? Yes, sir. I see you got one of them new 45 caliber swords. That's about the size of it. <laughs> you slay me. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. What do you mean? I'm taking it in a 502. You figure it out. What's the charge? Devouring maidens out of season. Out of season? You never pinned that rap on me? Do you hear me, cop? Yeah, I hear you. I got you in a 412, too. A 412? What's a 412? Overacting. Let's go. 
On September the 5th, the dragon was tried and convicted. His fire was put out and his maiden devouring license revoked. Maiden devouring out of season is punishable by a term of not less than 50 or more than 300 years. So that was very cool. I mean, that's just, that's cool stuff. It still holds up, I think. Yeah. A lot of his stuff does. The second part of his career was that he be, got into advertising, and he started doing what was kind of a rare thing in many respects back in the day, funny ads. That's the only kind of ads he would do. They had to be funny. And then he formed his own agency, and people would hire him for the specific purpose they wanted funny advertising. Yeah, very fun. Yeah, and so he would do just some great stuff. Uh, here's some quick examples. 95% of the people in the USA are buying chunking chow mein. Hold it, please. That's not exactly true. Only 5% of the people are buying it. 95% have never bought a single can. Uh, you want us to say that? Why not? Lay it on the line. Let's have a little truth in advertising for a change. All right. Correction, 95% of the people in the USA are not buying chunking chow mein. That's better. It could be that they don't like the label. Or simply think it isn't going to be very good. But should that 95% of the people ever try chunking, they're going to eat chunking chow mein for the rest of their life. Wouldn't I get a little monotonous? Okay. For the rest of the week. How about occasionally? You want to add anything else? Well, just a little soy sauce, maybe. Were they all local, or did he do national? Oh, these are national ads, spots. Yeah. These are national commercials, but um, just fun stuff. And uh, he, he, the only difference was now that he had to do it in a contained 60 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever. Um, very inventive. And I think they were successful most of the time for for the advertiser. I mean, you can do funny commercials, but if nobody, it doesn't change, you know, the bottom line, then, then they failed, no matter how clever you think they are. But his would break through because there was nothing else on TV or radio like it. Tell me a bedtime story, Daddy. All right. I'll tell you a mighty story. I don't want a mighty story. I just want to hear about Goldilocks and the... Once upon a time, there was a great nation which had to face a great problem. But because its people were endowed with great wisdom and ingenuity, they were able to somehow come to grips with it. That problem, how to get the pits out of the prunes. Can you give me that again? So that if you ask what makes America great, I can only answer, her greatness can be summed up in three words. Sunsweet pitted prunes. You're putting me on. For only in America could the determination of a people working hand in prune with science Remove seemingly invincible pits. Yeah, but... Today the pits, tomorrow the wrinkle. Sun Sweet marches on. Marches on! Now, how was that? Besides heavy-handed, you mean? Um, yes. It was okay, but sometime, could you just tell me about the three bears and let it go at that? Okay, again, and, I, and I'm breaking my own rule here. I, I, don't, I forget to mention his name. It's Stan Freeberg. That's right, even though we're not interviewing him. That's right. And when not. was he born? No, we won't so... be well, he was 88 years old. 88, so, okay. Yeah, wow. So he was born uh, a long time ago. Yeah. Would be my yeah. calcu calculation on it. But, I mean, if you ever get a chance to uh, just go on YouTube and, and sure. check him out. There's some, there's some really fun stuff. He did the funny songs. He's probably one of his most famous projects 
and this will be the last thing I'll do about him because I could go on all day because I just love the guy and he really was influential. He did a album called Stan Freeberg. What was the name of it? It was something like uh, Stan Freeberg uh, and the United States of America, and he it, it was a it was a look at the history of our country comically. And, it, and the album only went up to, I, I don't know, the invention of the telephone or something like that. But you have Columbus discovering America. A lot of music in these things, too. Uh, Pilgrim's Progress, the Thanksgiving story, uh, Betsy Ross and the flag, and, and all that stuff. And then this is his version of the true story of how the Declaration of Independence came about. And this is kind of silly stuff in some ways, but this is also imbued with a lot of really intelligent satire because all of this was on the heels of the red scare nonsense in this country back in the uh, in the late 50s and freeberg alludes to that often in this piece this is a little bit long but uh, it's worth it bear with it the trouble continued to brew it was a time for action and a time for words on a hot july night in 1776 benjamin franklin was aroused from his work by the call of destiny. Hey, you in there, Ben? Who's that, Sylvia? It's the call of destiny. Come on, take a look through the curtains there. It's Tom Jefferson. What, again? Well, it's no good. I'll have to let him in. I'm coming, I'm coming. Hi, Ben. Tom? You got a minute? Well, I tell you the truth. <laughs> we were just going out of town for the weekend. But it's only Wednesday. Yeah. Well, you know, a penny saved is a penny earned. Well, what does that got to do with anything, Franklin? I don't know. It's the first thing that came into my head. <laughs> I was just making conversation. An idle brain is a devil's playground, you know. So you're pretty good at that, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, there's some new wise sayings I just made up. Wise sayings? Yeah, I call them wise sayings. Mm -hmm. well, what can I do for you? Well, I got this petition here I've been circulating around the neighborhood. Uh -huh. Kind of thought you'd like to sign it. It's called the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I heard about that. Sounds a little suspect, if you ask me. What do you mean, suspect? Well, you're advocating the overthrow of the British government by force and violence, aren't you? Well, huh? yeah, yeah, but we've had it with that royal jazz. Well, who's we? Well, all the guys. Who's all the guys? Oh, George, Jim Madison, Alex Hamilton, Johnny Adams, you know, all the guys. <laughs> the lunatic fringe. Oh, they are not. Bunch of wild-eyed radicals. Professional liberals, don't kid me. Oh, you call George Washington a wild-eyed radical? Washington? I don't see his name on there. No, but he promised to sign it. Oh, yeah, that's George for you. Talks up a storm with them wooden teeth. Can't shut him off. When it comes time to put the name on the old parchment or Rooney, try and find him. Hey, what are you so surly about today? Surly to bed and surly to rise. Oh, all right, all right, let's knock off the one-line jokes and sign the petition. What do you say, huh, fella? Well, let me skim down it here. <laughs> Uh, when in the course of human events, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's pursuit of happiness. Well, all your S's look like F's here. Oh, it's stylish. Oh, I see. It's in. It's very in. Oh, well, if it's in. <coughs> we therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, so and so and so and so, solemnly publish and declare <laughs> that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British uh, crown, and so on. A little overboard, isn't it? Oh, well, uh, You write this? Yeah, yeah, I knocked it out. It's just a first <laughs> draft, you know. 
Well, I tell you, why don't you leave it with me and I'll mail it in, huh? Oh, come on. Oh, I tell you, Tom, uh, let me say this. Uh, I'm with you in spirit. I'm sure you understand that, but, you know, I got to play it conservative. I'm a businessman. <laughs> yeah. I got the printing business going pretty good. Almanac made book of the month. And then I got the inventions, you know. Got pretty good distribution on the stoves now. Uh, and, of course, every Saturday evening I bring out the mag. The what? Magazine. Oh. <laughs> oh, that reminds me, uh, that artist I sent by, did you look at his stuff? You mean the Rockwell boy? Skinny kid with the pipe? Yeah, that's a kid. Yeah, I glanced at it, and he's too far out for me. Oh, yeah. Well, I know you got to play it safe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the signing of the petition, uh, how about it, huh? Well, I... It's a harmless paper. Oh, sure, harmless. I know how these things happen. You go to a couple of harmless parties, sign a harmless petition, and forget all about it. Ten years later, you get hauled up before a committee. No, thank you. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life writing in Europe. Oh, come on. Come on what? Come on and put your name on the dotted line. I got to be particular what I sign. It's just a piece of paper. Just a piece of paper, that's what you say. Come on and put your signature on the list. It looks to have a very subversive twist. How silly to assume it. Won't you non plume it today? So skittish, who possibly could care if you do? The Un-British Activities Committee, that's who. Let's have a little drinko and fill the quill. It sounds a little pinko to me, but still. Knock off the timid manner, if you want a banner to raise. Banner to raise. You must take, I must take, a stand, a stand, for this brave, for this brave new land, new land, for who wants, who wants to live, to live, so conserve, so conservative, I don't dis, he don't disagree, agree, but a man can't be too careful what he signs these days. If I sign it, will you renew your subscription? Yeah, if you promise not to keep throwing it on the roof. Well, my... If it isn't on the roof, it's in the rose bushes or in the mud. My eyesight isn't what it used to be, you know. Besides, it's hard to hit the porch from a horse. Now, come on. All we want to do is hold a few truths to be self-evident. You sure it's not going to start a revolution or anything? Trust me. Okay, give it to me. You got a quill on you? Yeah, here you are. Huh? <laughs> Look at that show-off Hancock, will you? Pretty flamboyant signature for an insurance man. <laughs> ah, you did a good thing, Ben. You won't be sorry. <laughs> now, if I can just get another three or four guys, we'll be all set. Well, I tell you one thing. What's that? You better get them to sign it in the next couple of days before they all take off for the Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> Okay, so Stan Freeberg. He was yeah. very cool. Yeah. He was just a neat guy. I wish I had uh, had a chance to interview him. Yeah. I almost did, but uh, I blew it. He came to Bumbershoot one year for some reason, and so uh, I had I had the chance to go interview him, and I had something else to do. Oh, nuts! Yeah, a life filled with regrets. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Do you have a Do you have a hero like that in radio? 
that would be a female equivalent that because there aren't many of them i mean you're one of the few frankly i that's women didn't get a very good break in radio no i can't think of any really it's a rarity when you hear get to hear a woman sportscaster Mm -hmm. or uh, just to kind yeah, of, I remember discipline. you know the sports babe who was yes. big in our market. And what here. did she get? What did she get for all her trouble? Pilloried, fired, pilloried by people. Yeah, uh, uh, mostly guys because she was trying to break into and it was an arena great. that was male dominated. It was awesome. It still is. And uh, yeah, yeah I'm, she wrote a book. I have a, I have her book. And yeah, I do too. So that I would. I got say, to know. I got to meet her several times. She's really neat woman. Uh, I just I love that she just wanted to ruffle feathers. That's and, right. And, uh, and she it, did, and that was in the 90s. Mainly and with the guys that she worked that's with. That's right. They resented her. Yeah. Oh, and listeners, too. Yeah. What's this broad doing on sports radio? And I loved it. I just she was fearless. I loved that yeah. she just broke through and didn't care. And she knew her su- stuff. She wasn't a poser at all. Right. She knew what she was talking about. Yeah. And uh, she was dynamic on taking calls. She wouldn't put up with any crap with from anybody. Yeah. So I would say <laughs> I love that it. I, love it. I would say that she probably when I was just getting into radio in 1991 and I just was always extremely impressed by what she had done and had her own show and didn't care what the guys thought and yeah, I always so. thought her voice sounded a little bit like Lucille Ball, if Lucille Ball had a talk show. Hey, you know what? I just found out from a Buck season ticket holder that the Bucks are trying to sue him for $84,000. Five-year season ticket holders. Expensive tickets. $1,200 a game for his three tickets. He lost his job. He can't do it anymore. He says to the Bucks, I can't do it anymore. i got to turn him in. They send him a letter and say, you know what? Ten years you signed up for, $84,000 we want for you. Am I missing something here? Talk about ill will all the way around. Your team sucks and your attitude sucks. You people suck. Well, the other, the other thing is, and this is invariably the case, that when you get right down to it, doing radio, no matter who you are, it, it almost always is an act. I mean, when you would talk, Nancy Dunellen was her real name. When you would talk to her, sweet person, yeah. really nice. I mean, she wasn't the bellicose, yelling in your face person that that you experienced on the radio. You probably couldn't be that, and still be successful right. in the business. Nobody'd hire you. You'd rub your right. manager the wrong way, and people wouldn't listen. But uh, but not that she was completely faking it either. No, but uh, that was her personality. Yeah, it was. But um, but uh, so, she did not suffer fools gladly. Yeah. So I loved her a yeah. lot. Very cool. Very cool. Well, shall we bring this cow into the barn? Yeah, we're going to bring it on into the barn. If you'll open the door. Come on, bossy. Come here. Come here, girl. Come here. Oh, boy, she needs milk. Yeah. And I know this is the longest podcast already that we've ever done, but i got to play you one more from Stan Freeberg. It's called John and Marsha, and they're the only two words spoken in this song. Stan Freeberg is doing both voices. It's so wonderfully silly, I wanted to close with this. John, Marcia, John, Marcia, John, uh, Marcia, John.
Marsha. John. Marsha. John. Marsha. John. John. Marsha. Oh, John. Marsha. John, Marsha. Marsha. <laughs> John. <laughs> Marsha. <laughs> oh, Marcia, Marcia. John, John. Marcia, Marcia, Marcia. John, John, John. Marcia, 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 Marcia. John, 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 John. Marcia. John. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at peculiarpodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.